Welcome to Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. I'm your host, Dr. William Baker. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about your responsibility as a Christian to get out and vote, uh, get involved in your local politics to a degree. And then we're going to continue with Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse uh, 31 through verse 42. So I hope everyone has had a, a blessed week, a good, good week. I know the weeks, uh, you know, as we go through the week, we experience highs and lows. And it's normal when we hit some of those lows, you know, we can we can really get down. But we need to remember it's temporary. We're going to get through it. You you know, on the other side of it, we always say, well, you know, we got through it. We, we think back, we reflect, and we think back and we say, yeah, we got through it. So, you know, just know you're going to get through it. You're not alone. And whatever you're going through, um, you know, if you need to speak to someone or you want to, don't want to talk to anybody about it, you can always reach out to me, uh, go to Podbean and search for Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. Send me a comment, what's going on, and, and I'll get back to you. I'll just leave me a way to get back to you so I can reach back out and communicate with you. And uh, the main topic for today, before we get into the Bible reading, was politics and, and voting. Now, everybody has... I don't want to say an obligation, but but everybody should go out and vote if possible. Around the world, you know, you should vote if you can. Now, in some places you can't. Um, some places people want to get involved in politics. It could be dangerous. It could be dangerous anywhere. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money in it in some places. Um, a lot of money is required, which is cost prohibitive, of course, uh, but... It shouldn't be. Um, so as a Christian, you know, what's some of the basic things we can do? Well, think about the morals and ethics. You know, as a Christian, we have certain beliefs, you know, in God and, and lust and divorce and, you know, how we should treat others and how, you know, love and the, the fruits of the forgiveness and long suffering and grace um, you know, when we think about that, let's think about the politicians that are running for office. Now, when we go vote, you know, there's usually groups. We Some places call them parties. Um, you know, they may be political affiliations. It could be religious groups, depending on where you live. It may be not. Uh, religious at all. It could just strictly be political, governmental, um, just a, a couple of ideas that people have in common when you have some of the green parties. But let's go beyond that. Let's, let's not look at that and vote that way. When you're voting that way, you're voting more for a larger idea that people come together and believe in. 
you know, you may, may or may not fit in that group, but let's look at the individual people and what they're saying more than what they're saying, but what they've done in the past. You know, we don't want to vote foolishly when we go out there and vote. We want our vote to count because when that person gets elected into office, they're going to reflect, hopefully, the values, morals, and, and what they said they were going to do when they get in office. Now, that, now, there's a lot of times that politicians don't tell the truth, so they're lying. You know, we know that politicians lie. There's, there's very few good politicians out there that do what they say they're going to do. Or they have a different idea. That picture in their head of what they think it's, you know, it needs to be is different than what we have in our head. So when we get in there, we may say, oh, they lied to me. Oh, my goodness. And I voted for them. No, it was just they had a different idea than what you did. It's a broad topic but they just wanted to implement it a different way. So, you know, you need to make sure when you're going out there and vote, you know, is it, is it about a woman's choice, abortion? Is it about uh, divorce? Is it, is it gun laws? Is it safety? Is it freedom of speech? Is it religions? Is it about immigration? Is it about healthcare? Is it about, you know, it could be about, electricity and clean water. It depends on where you live. You know, it could be workers' rights. There's a lot to politics. And as a Christian, when you evaluate them, you know, you write down what's important to you as a Christian. And you take that list and you hold it, you know, I'm not going to sit here like some, some preachers do in churches and sit here and say, you need to vote for this person. You need to vote this way. You need to vote for this party. No, I'm not going to do that. That's not right. I'm going to vote for one person every time. That's Jesus. But outside of that, write down your morals and ethics. Write a list down of what's important to you. Now, who best matches up to that list? You know, when you look at your candidates, who's running for office? Which ones believe in the same things that you do? Because when they get in there, they're going to have the power to make laws. And you're going to have to live by those laws. It's very important. People don't necessarily think about that. You know, they think, oh, this person's going to give me this or they're going to do this. Are they? Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Don't be disappointed if they don't. You know, if you've got your list and you're matching that list up and they get in there, great you've got a better chance of getting someone in politics who's going to implement and do things that align with your values and morals. So just remember that when you go out there to vote, if you can vote. Some places it's a little more difficult to vote. It's a privilege. So having said that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into Matthew. And some people are going to say, well, how that religious? Well, as a Christian, you have a duty. So, you know, to, to go out there and, you know, it's just more than living it and showing it. You know, you can also vote people in who align with what you believe. So that's, that's important. So we're going to continue with Matthew chapter 5. We're going to talk about verse 31 
divorce. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immortality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, for a long time, there's been divorce. Divorce has been around forever. We say forever, but, but thousands of years. And it says right here, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce paper. It was very easy a long time ago to get a certificate of divorce, but God didn't want that. God didn't want to make it necessarily easy. You know, you base it on sexual immortality. <coughs> Excuse me. But God wanted us to work at marriage. Marriage isn't necessarily the easiest thing. When we think about marriage, it's two people. It's two individuals. You have one, individual one, and individual two. And each person is a unique person. They have their own personality, their own morals and ethics and beliefs. It can get difficult. God knows that, but he wanted us to work on it. You know, he says, you know, except on the ground of sexual immortality. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immortality, makes her commit adultery because he wants us to put energy he wants us to focus on that relationship you know if we're going to divorce our wives so easy or our wives wives are going to divorce their husbands or depending on where you're at husbands divorcing husbands and wives divorcing wives um what about our relationship with god are we going to let go of god that easy But he says, except on the grounds of sexual immortality. He knows we're fleshly. He knows we're going to commit sin. Now, he doesn't want the next person that one goes marries to commit sin. He doesn't want them to commit adultery. So then you can get a divorce. You have the certificate of divorce. It's okay. It's generally accepted at that point. But but remember, in that marriage, you know, it is something we need to work on. God, and you know, the reading your Bible, going to, to church, if you can't go to church, reading your Bible, understanding that, and living that life does help. But you've got to have acceptance, patience. It's the fruits of the Spirit. It starts with love. And the person you're with, you need to understand them. You need to understand them as a person, as a gender. The feelings they have, the things they like, the things they don't like. Each person has a personality. There was someone I worked for a long time ago. And in that working relationship, I had people come up to me and say, 
how can you work with that person? And I said, what do you mean? Well, they're just a terrible person. I said, they're not terrible. I said, you just have to understand the person. You know, it wasn't that the person was terrible. It was how the person was communicating. And it was how the person communicated to other people. It was, you know, they, they always said they were like barking at them. Well, the person in question always talked direct, didn't beat around the bush, and was a little bit hard in their, not language, but the tone. But nothing was meant by that. They, they internalized it the wrong way. But that's the same thing with a marriage. So remember that. Unless the divorce, you know, if it's sexual immortality, you need to get that divorce paper. But even then, you might not want to. You may want to make it work. It is a, a, a give and take. It's, it's a two-way street. And if it comes to that, please remember, there is, there's counseling, there's pastoral counseling. You know, that may help someone understand the other person, what they're not understanding from that person. You may need a third party involved to help help open up eyes there. So we're going to continue on with Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Os, Os, O-A-T-H-S. I may say that a little funny with my voice and accent, but it's Os. Again, you've heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of great king. And do not take an oath by your head. For you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Now, what are we talking about here? Because we're talking about pledging. It's like a pledge, right? We're saying, you know, you're going to do something or not do something. You know, we're, we're not to swear at all. You know, just say yes or no. We can't guarantee anything. You should be a person. If you say something, you don't need an oath. Because what you say is what you mean. Your character, your morality, your ethics... And everything dictate, you know, you, you're going to do what you say you're going to do. You can be trusted. Now, years ago, that used to be more of a true statement. Now, how many people have integrity like that? You know, if they say something, they're going to do it. Hmm. And, and, you know, it says, and do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. You're, you're making a pledge. You're making a guarantee. 
but you can't guarantee anything. Just say yes or no. No, yes, you'll do your best. No, you know, I can't do it. The only one who can guarantee anything is God, right? God knows what's going to happen. God can do it. We don't know what's going to happen the next second. So you shouldn't make an oath. Not like that. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. Retaliation. What you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. That's a lot. So let's break that down. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But that's not what, you know, we're to do. You've, you've always heard that. You know, if somebody hits me, hit them back. No, no, don't do that. Do not resist the one who is evil. You know, in this, and it goes on to say, and if anyone would sue you, you know, Take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Okay, you know, and it says if anyone slaps you, turn the right cheek and let him slap the other one also. But it says don't resist the one who's evil. So there's a difference between that and turning your cheek and then giving them your cloak and your tunic. One is individual and personal when you're talking about turning your cheek and then the cloak and tunic. When it says, don't resist the one who's evil, that's government. That's not individual. Remember, over everything is God. God has allowed us to create governments and the laws which we live by. If somebody does something, the government can make a choice. God may not like it, but he's given us that choice. Now, remember, there's nothing wrong with God not liking it. Except you need to remember, if God doesn't like it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And at that point, think, why am I doing this? God's not going to like this. Remember, he's not going to stop you from doing it. It's your choice. But at the end of life physical life you have to stand before the judgment seat and god is going to judge you he's going to say god why did you do that you know he's going to say you you know you did this and this and this and th and this was good but this was horrible how could you do that you knew better but you did it anyway exactly you knew better anyway then don't do it now it says, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. If someone's truly in need, you should help them. And if they want to borrow something from you, make that judgment and, and you know, let them borrow it or not. It, it doesn't mean just 
blindly just give something away. You need to evaluate it. You know, is it a foolish gesture to give the money away? You know, if somebody was asking you for money, they're begging from you and they need money because you know, they're going to go buy drugs with it or something, then by all means, don't help them. That's going to hurt them. But there's instances where people were actually need that money. They may need it for food or clothing or to, to get shelter for the night. They may need it for that one thing that lets them see another day. Somebody may need to borrow something. Are they going to give it back? Are you worried about that? Well, you shouldn't be worried about that. If some if you're going to if somebody comes to you and borrows something and you let them take whatever that item is, don't expect it back. Give them the item. You don't need to tell them that. If you get it back, great. But if you don't get it back, great. You weren't expecting it back. You know, I was in, well, I've been in a lot of cities. Uh, one of the cities I was in, there was a gentleman, and he was an older gentleman, very, very um, old. Uh, I would say in his late 70s, 80s, and he was begging for money, and nobody, and I mean, I, it was a busy city street, and nobody went around the gentleman. He's outside of a store begging for, for money so he can get something to eat. And I went up to him and I gave him some money. And uh, I gave him a hug. Now, the gentleman was beyond dirty. The, the gentleman was just horrific. But I gave him a hug. And I stood there and talked to him. And I gave him some money so he could get something to eat and more. It was, it was enough for a couple of days, at, at least. And he was crying. And I was preaching to him a little bit. And it hurt me. Because in a city of millions of people, he was invisible. But he is the one who truly needs the help. He wasn't looking for drugs. He wasn't even looking for enough to put a roof over his head. He was looking for just enough to eat. They wouldn't let him in the store because he didn't have money. But they saw me give him money and then they let him in. He wasn't looking for clean clothes or a place to take a shower. He just wanted something to eat. And I'm standing there talking to him. And I became invisible as I talked to him. The people just walked around me and him, ignoring both of us like we were invisible. That was tough. But you have to understand the situation. And I stood there and talked to him for a while. People wouldn't do that. Somebody dirty who has a very bad odor, and it was, it was really strong. But... At the same time, it was an act of caring kindness, and I didn't think twice about it. 
I honestly felt bad when I walked away because I couldn't do more. But we have to take care of ourselves so when we get in situations like that, we can help others. We can't help others if we don't take care of ourselves first. So that's what I wanted to talk about today from Matthew. We will continue on with Matthew next time, uh, chapter 5. There's a lot more chapters in Matthew. You know, We'll go through it. It's going to take time as we break it down and explain it, of course. But I want everybody to remember, I want you to be the best Christian you can be out there. <clears throat> My voice, excuse me. I want you to take time to pray. And really think about what you're praying for and, and who you're praying to. Create that prayer space. Read your Bible. Take a few minutes every day and just read your Bible. Just a little bit every day. Build up that spiritual currency, that savings account. So when you need God, you've got that muscle there. You've built it up. Just like going to the gym, lifting weights. We're going to the Bible and building up our spiritual weights, our spiritual muscle with our spiritual weights. And let everybody see God through you out there. Be the best person you can be. And remember, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you need someone to talk to, if you, you just need to express something, get it out. Go to Podbean and search for Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. Just search for Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. Google it. Send me a comment. Put some contact details in there. I will reach out to you. I will contact you if you want me to. Let me know if you want me to contact you. I don't care where you are. I'll call you. I'll email you. Something. But I will reach out. You're important. Remember that. You are important, and you're not alone. It's not just me that's out here. God is with you. God is with all of us. If we can take the time and quiet ourselves, we don't even have to quiet ourselves, but we have to understand and know that God is there, and he is listening. Our minds and bodies can be so busy sometimes, we don't hear that. So I want everybody to have a blessed week. Think about those that you reach out to and, and touch every day. Whose lives do you impact? It's important. With that, I hope you have a blessed week. Let your heart not be troubled and go with God, my friends. God bless. This has been William Baker. Dr. William Baker, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. I worked for that so many years. This has been Dr. William Baker with Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. God bless. Thank mm -hmm. you.